you love the devil, keep silent. Okay. Now let's worship him. Come on, let's give him some praise. Lord, I will live my eyes to the Life. 
Come on, let's put those hands together and worship Christ. Come on, somebody shout glory. glory. Come on, shake the person next to tell them glory. glory. Now do it again and say it like you mean it. Glory. glory. Come on, you may be seated in his presence. I just want to honor the, the man of God of this house, Pastor Middleton. Give it up for Pastor Middleton. Come on. I want to thank God for just all the elders and all the people in the church. My God, I'm so excited to be here tonight. You are the source. How many can y'all can say that God is the source of your strength? Come on, close your eyes right now and just think, where would you be without him? I'm not going to hoop. I'm not going to holler. I barely have a voice today, Pastor Middleton. You can open your eyes. I want you to think of where, of where you would be without God in your life. So many times we get separated from God. You know, I, I heard something and it just really touched my heart. I've told my church maybe a thousand times. Somebody said, he's the source of my strength. The problem with the Christian men, I'm going to talk to the men tonight. Women, you can pick up the crumbs. I'm just... I'm going to talk to the men tonight. The problem with the Christian men is I heard it said like this. You can't remove the substance from the source and expect the substance to survive without the source. In case that went over your head, I'm going to put it to you like this. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, God spoke to the waters and he commanded the waters to bring forth life. And the water began to bring forth fish and every creature of the sea, right? And then God went and he went and spoke into the actual land. And he said, bring forth life. I command you to, sust- to sustain life. My God. And the Bible says that all the creatures of the earth came forth. Now what's going to happen if you toss a cow into the ocean? It's going to die. What's going to happen if you take a fish out of the sea and throw it on the ground? Because the, the source of the fish's life is the water. I'm going somewhere. Tell somebody he's going somewhere. But the source of the cow's life is the land. And and you can't survive off somebody else's source. But yet, my brother, when God made you, what's your name? Booker. When God made Pastor Booker, he said this. He said, let me make Booker in my image so that I can be the source of his life. And there's been moments in your life to the person next to you, you've walked away from God. And you found yourself dying truly away from the source that's why I had to have you sing that song tonight they were away from the source and without the source you are nothing to the person next to you nothing can I talk tonight I don't know how many how many times y'all been to church probably me a thousand times my father was a pastor I went to church like 18 times a week nine days a week (laughs) We went to two, three services on Sundays sometimes. I got my, I want to thank my church for coming out and support me. I love y'all so dearly, man. I, I love y'all. My, my, my youth pastor, Deanna Burgos, right there, I want to thank God for you. I really honor you, Deanna. You know, contrary to common belief, I want to thank God for all of y'all and just all the elders of the church. We do have all our elders here. I thank God for all of y'all, man. Tell the person next to you, one degree. One degree. Marvin Sapp said it like this. He said, I never would have made it. Man, let me tell you, I'll be in my office. I'll be jamming until I never would have made it. I'll be sitting there. I get down and out. 
I sit there, I just press plays. Never would have made it. <laughs> Got my little subway from my office. Like, Never would have made it. And yeah, if you know the track I'm talking about, once you press click, he comes in like strong. Never would have made it. There's no time. There's no musical intro. Pastor, he just come in. Never would have made it. Without you, I would have lost it all. Kind of lift my spirits right up. It's like you look at that track hard enough and it's going to come off. You don't even have to click. You just look at it. Never would have. He's ready. Somebody tell the person next to you, I'm ready. Well, back to what I was saying. I don't know how much you've been to church in your life. But the more you talk to me, the less I preach. So um, if you want to get out of here at some point in time today, you might want to holler at me. <laughs> Turn in your Bibles to chapter Joshua chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. Minister Sam told me earlier, he said, Pastor, my Bible is on my iPhone. I'm not texting on the altar. So just, I got you, Elder. If you got your Bible in, in your phone, it's, it's all right these days. Somebody say amen. amen. Joshua chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. And it says, And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priests blew with the trumpets, and Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. And she and all that are with her in her house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed things, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and you trouble it. But all the silver and the gold and the vessels, the brass, the iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. The New International Version says that they are devoted things. I want you to flash over to Joshua chapter 7. We're going to go in verse 1. And trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. Somebody say amen. amen. And it says, but the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regards to the devoted things. Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to I. Somebody say men. Yeah. He ain't send no sissies. Somebody say sissies. sissies. Which is near Beth Avon to the east of Bethel and told them go up and spy out the region. So the men, somebody say men, men. went up and spied out I. When they returned to Joshua, they said not all the people will have to go up against I. Send two or three thousand men to take it and do not worry all the people for only a few men are there. So about 3,000 men went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai who killed all, about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted and became, became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And the sovereign Joshua said, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring the people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe us out in our name from the earth. And what then will you do for your great name? 
The Lord said to Joshua, stand up. Tell the person next to you, stand up. What are you doing on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep, and they've taken of some of the devoted things. They've stolen and they've lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. And you wonder why you can't get things right in your life because you got some devoted things. But I'm going to go there in a second that you shouldn't have in your life. Yeah, I came to preach that. Don't get mad at me. Stop me now. If you want to leave, go. Verse 14. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe the Lord shall come forward clan by clan. The clan that the Lord takes shall come forward family by family. And the family the Lord takes shall come forward man by man. Somebody say man by man. man. He who was caught with the devoted things, not she, somebody say he, He. shall be destroyed by fire along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. Early the next morning, Joshua had come forward by tribes and Judah was taken. The clans of Judah came and he took the Zeharites. He had the clan of the Zeharites come forward by family. Zimri was taken. Joshua had his family come forward man by man. Achan, son of Camry, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. And Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give him praise. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Somebody say, tell me. Achan replied, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I have done. And when I saw the plunder of a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And they are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. Verse 22 says, so Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent. And there it was hidden. Somebody say hidden. Come on, bow your heads as we pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father, let your presence be manifested in this place, God. God, that you can truly raise up some men tonight, God. I feel that there's people in this room even right now going through. It was a fight just to get here. But God, that you would release an anointing tonight, God. God, that you would begin to release tonight, God, an anointing, God, that would just break the yoke, God, that has been so long over the men of the body of Christ. Tonight, God, we desire freedom. Somebody shout freedom. Come on, the church of God says amen. Can I ask you a question? What is under the surface of your tent? What do you have just beneath the surface? I'm talking to all of you. I know it's a men's service, but let me tell you, I'm talking to you women too. What is under the surface of your life that is Causing you to have defeat after defeat that you come service after service, barely making it in sometimes. You ain't lying, I'm with you. The Bible says that in the New International Version, those things were devoted to destruction. And Achan brought those things that were devoted to destruction into his household. And us as men, we bring things into our households, into your household, and you're ruining the lives of your wives, your kids, your cousins, and everybody around you because God has given you dominion over your life. You know what happens when men don't stand up? The Bible says that as Eve sinned, 
that she then turned and looked to the side and passed the fruit right over to Adam who stood by her side. Some of y'all been too comfortable standing at the side of somebody. Somebody said, are you standing at the side? See, it starts off small in your life. You start off, and I'm just going to say, you start off screwing up really small. You see, first you drop the D word, and then it's okay to drop the H word, and then you drop the S word, then you drop the B word, and before you know it, you can't stop saying the F word. It starts, somebody say this with me, one degree. I heard this when I was working retail. That blew my mind. One degree of separation is between the difference between good and greatness. You see, check this out. If a spaceship was headed to the moon and its trajectory was off by one degree when it took off, if it's a 10-hour trip, at the end of the 10 hours, it would be 10,000 miles off course. One degree. degree. You follow me tonight? It starts off small. It starts off to the point where you think you can control it. When you think you're going to be all right. You're in church and nobody thinks. You think nobody knows. You're in church, coming to church, looking all good with your nice suits. You look good, but God knows. I don't even know what's going on in your life, but you might got something. I don't care how good you look. I don't care if you're wearing your gaiters. I don't care. You come to church with your little canes. God knows you might have some mess in your life. It starts by one degree. Understand one degree is all it takes. Understand that at 211 degrees Fahrenheit, water is hot. But at 212 degrees, it begins to boil. And as it boils, it lets off steam. And in case you did not know, steam can power a train. So what are you saying, Pastor? That you need to get boiling hot for Christ so you can power your passion into something. Somebody say one degree. One degree of separation, and before you know it, you are 10,000 miles off course. Why? Because you started with one degree. Understand that, that, that there is power when you're on fire for God. One degree in business separates you from being good to being great. Interesting fact, the margin of victory in all the latest, for the past 10 years of, of, of golf tournaments has been less than one or two strokes. One degree is the difference between greatness and just good. One degree. I'm not going to hoop at y'all. I'm not going to holler today. I'm not going to do all that. I don't get down like that. Somebody say amen. I'm mean. I only know how to be me. I'm going to keep it 100. I got you. Understand this, that, that and when you watch the Olympics, that all those running things they do and they all those triathlons, the margin of victory is less than 27 centimeters half the time. That's a few inches. One degree separates you from goodness and greatness. One degree off with the spaceship, and next thing you know, you're 10,000 miles off course just 10 hours later. So somebody say one degree. Um, understand it's time to turn up the heat in your life. In order to get where you've never been, you've got to do what you've never done. It just kind of makes sense. I'm not trying to be deep. I'm just making sense tonight. I'm not one of those people going to try and be philosophical on you. That's not me. Aiken didn't know the difference between one degree. The only thing that, that stands between a person and what they want in life is the will to try it and the faith to believe you can do it. The one thing that holds you living in sin 
It's because you don't have faith that you can live without it. And once you realize that sin does not characterize you, define you, or make you who you are, and that you can live without it, you begin to have a freedom in your life that is impossible, that you cannot live without God in your life because he's a source. You can't remove substance from the source. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Your belief in Christ fuels enthusiasm, and enthusiasm gives birth to passion. And it fires your soul and lifts your spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. It starts small when it comes to sin. It starts with giving some girl your number. And then you're going to text her. And when texting is not good enough, you're going to call her. At hours of the night when you ain't got no business calling even your mama. And then those phone calls turn into late night rendezvous. And then your wife asks you, whose number is this? And then you get caught up in some baby mama drama because one degree, seven numbers, one degree separated you from God. The devil ain't going to come and tempt me with crack. You know why? I don't do crack. He throw a pack of cigarettes in my car and I'm like, oh, Lord. They're like, oh, robotasana, I got to do, Lord have mercy. It starts, can I talk about it tonight? Somebody shot one degree. Uh, This is a men's service, so let me address you men. And I told you, if you want me to stop now, tell you. Drug addicts don't start with hard drugs. It starts from a little weed. And it goes from there. Am I lying? You testified today. Am I lying? We got a witness in the building. He's been through the experience. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, you got to understand that the average criminal did not start off popping fools. He started off being a breach of peace. (laughs) Then he smacked up his girl. And then he took and stabbed her brother. Came back out nine years later and killed somebody. That's how it works. It's a process. It starts off with just one thing. And then it gives you the the, the, the thought process that you can do something. That you're actually about something. That's why you got so many dudes trying to be a thug on the street. You want to talk about a thug? I told my church the other day, God's a thug. He took Paul. When his name was Saul on the road to Damascus, he blinded him, smacked him off his horse. He said, what now? You going to kill who? Jesus is not Mother Teresa. He was a thug. There's a scripture in the the book of John with Jesus. And I heard this from a, a pastor, and it was funny. I never thought about this. You know that, that, that whole scripture in Matthew 21 where Jesus went to the temple and drove out people? Yeah. But John says it like this. And Jesus went to the temple and then he left. I told my church this on Sunday. It was just hysterical to me. I just, and he sat there probably with all his disciples. What you doing, Jesus? Making a whip. <laughs> What's the whip for? You're going to see. <laughs> Is that Jesus is not, he was a man, he was, he was down, he was ready, he was ready. He was a thug. Walking on the water in the middle of a storm. I hear a lightning bolt and I'm inside. I'm not going to get on racial thing, but I'm just saying this, you ain't seeing me chase no tornado. I ain't going to see no brothers out there being storm chasers. That's why everybody on Discovery Channel and TLC is white. I'm sorry. Crocodile hunter. 
all these people. This snake can kill me from 50 feet away with his venom. Let me get a wee bit closer. This crocodile with one foul smoke, he can just rip me apart, but I'm going to hop on his back. Does that make any sense? So why does it make sense for you to walk away from God? Why does it make sense for you men not to stand up and take a part in the church? Why does it not? Why does it make sense? It doesn't make sense to leave these poor women. In my old church, we had a saying called Hebrew strong women. We had two men in the church. My father and Elder Daniel right there. That's all we had. And when all the men left us, those two men rebuilt an entire church. With these women who stood around them. Raise your hand, Carmen and Yvonne. I thank you. I honor you. You never left my father's side, man. People who, and the women had to take this burden. And they had to build a church and they carried the church for the last 30 years. Why? Because men don't know how to be men. Because you, they forgot how to just be a real man's man. When I was a kid, I looked at my dad, and he was like the strongest person in the world to me because he was a man. I remember I used to go up with my mom or my sister, and I used to be afraid, or my, my sister, my stepsister, rather. And whether I was hanging out with my aunts, I used to have this fear when I was a kid. I never shared nobody this. You should feel special. But when I was around my dad, I was safe. I didn't even like going to the store with somebody who wasn't my father. When my father dropped me off at my aunt's house, I felt so insecure. Because he was a man. You forgot how to be a man. It's a men's service. Can I talk to you? Don't try and sit here and thug stare me either because I'll probably smack you. I told, I told, listen, I'm a man of God. Sometimes I, I lose it, you know? I'm just kidding. I don't be smacking nobody. I just... I just get mad in my car and drive off as quick as I can before I do smack. I'm just playing. You got to understand. Leave the anger management alone. I'd be beating some people up in my church, but that's besides the point. You started with just a scratch-off ticket. And now they're neck deep in gambling bills. It started off with one picture. Now you're addicted to pornography sitting in front of your computer. Just one degree. It just starts with one. It just starts with one. I don't understand how, 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 how men truly just don't know how to be men. I, I understand some of us didn't have an example, but that's why he gave us Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. So my question to you is what is under your covers? Where has that one degree of separation taken you into your life? Have you been to places you said you would never go and done things you said you would never do? Somebody talk to me. We come to church looking right. You come with your, with your nice clothes and, and I, all these, these, these big cufflinks and you want to get the right ring to match your tie and, and you want to get the right socks to match your shirt. Understand that God don't care what the exterior looks like. Understand that when 2 Chronicles chapter 7, when, when Solomon built his temple, 
He gave this huge, great prayer, and he prayed this magnificent prayer. And the Bible says the Spirit of God went in there. He rested in the temple, and then he came back and said, I don't care about that temple. He said, I didn't read that, but that's what I got. Because he said this, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways. That was right after he went into the temple. My God, what he really said is, I don't care if the, if the, if the people are all messed up. I don't care about what the temple looks like. So the person next to you, are you a mess? Can I be honest? Can I be honest? Truth is, you look like a mess in your spirit. Like aching, you got too much trash under the surface of your life. I ain't going to leave you in the valley. I'm going to beat you up. I got you. I got something for y'all. <laughs> Thank God for grace. On the outside, it looks all great. But you're torn apart. You don't know how to handle your sin no more. You don't know how to handle it like it the way Bishop Thompson and Ross said, uh, your proclivities. You completely lost control of what is in your life. Some of y'all looking at me now and hoping that God don't give me a prophecy to speak into your life about your sin. You're sitting here thinking about what you got at home hiding from your families, your children, your girlfriends. Can I keep it real? You can't handle the abuse of your childhood or you can't handle your addiction to prescription pills. And pastor, I'm a man, but I don't even love myself and I have no confidence. Can I talk about it? I feel like if I'm, a, I'm, I'm 20 something years old, I'm 35 years old, I got nothing to show for my life. I'm trying to be a man and I don't know how because nobody ever showed me a better way. That's why men of God and the Pope need to stop sleeping around. That's why you can't have no more elders and deacons in the church doing their dirt. Because then what happens is that the men see that and it, 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 it justifies and validates their behaviors. I'm really uncomfortable. Can I take off my jacket? Take it off. Take what off? Wait. <laughs> I, want, I want to show you something. I did this with my church once. I was speaking with my uncle, Jose, in the back there one day. And he, he better live bookstore, bitch, poor Connecticut. And he told me about something that really blew my mind. And it amazes me that we come to church looking spiffy. GVA, you already know what I'm about to do. I ain't tell you, but you know. Can you hold this for me? I look good today, right? Come on, somebody help me out here. This is how you look. You tore up from the floor up. Your suit looked good, Doc, but I don't know what's going on at home. You might have some addictions in your life. Maybe some of y'all are struggling with the lifestyle, I'm going to call it, and you know what I'm talking about. Maybe some of y'all don't really know what's going on in your life, and beneath the surface, Pastor Middleton, there's some really messed up things and some ugly skeletons in the church. We put our, we put our covers on, and God knows. We pretend for everything to be okay. We think that just by shouting it out, it's going to go away. No, the shout ain't always going to make the sin go away. Sometimes you got to turn that thing over to Jesus. Y'all, you're hearing me tonight. You're saying to pastor, I'm struggling with an addiction to sex. And, and truth be told, my marriage is a mess because of it. I'm in pain and I don't know what to do. My finances are a mess and I, I can't make enough money at my job to support my family. And so instead I go out and spend money on drinking. 
do me a favor with this. Don't take this message and do nothing with it. Don't um and ah me and shout me down here tonight and do nothing with it. But you take this and you put it somewhere in your life. God's sick and tired of mediocre men in the church. He's so sick and tired of preaching pimps. All these, all you got a, you got a, you got a condom in your wallet right now, looking around, seeing who's coming. Can I keep it real? And we sitting here dealing and struggling. When I first became a pastor, I told her at the Calvary, you were there. I said I still had a problem with cigarettes. And after every service, I would rush out because I couldn't stop smoking them. You think that somebody's a pastor, they don't have proclivities? No. I'm struggling just like you, but I'm giving it to God. You see, because I don't want this to define me. Although it looks good, it's far from good. You look well put together, but the truth be told, you are hurting inside. And you feel that you can't say nothing because you're a man. Because you got this level of pride in you. I'm about to be real transparent with y'all. Under the covers of your life, you're struggling and you're ashamed. Pastor, I know how to praise God. I know how to worship God. But I just can't, can't let go of this sin and I don't know why. And you're saying, Pastor, I, 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 I love my church. And I, love, I love New Beginnings. I love GVA. I love wherever you're from. And, oh, but God knows that I don't know why. I cannot seem to shake the depression in my life. Don't think that men don't get depressed. What y'all need to do is stop perpetrating a fraud, acting like y'all some thugs. When it, what it really is is you have some daddy drama in your life because nobody ever hugged you or told you they loved you. So when Christ comes along and says, I love you no matter what you do, you're saying, ah, what? I can't receive that. Because nobody ever taught me how to love nobody. And because all you saw was your mother, uh, you, you're, a, you're, 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 you're prone to go hurt women. And to be a user because your mom wasn't there because she was working two jobs. And, and because you, she was always on her knees praying for you probably, struggling. So you turned around and did your dirt. You come to church on Sunday and you sing all your favorite songs. And some of y'all might even be ministering in the church. You ain't lying about those sissy Christians representing the men in the church. Got more men with the switch in the altar than you do at the clubs. They're all up in the praise and worship teams. Glory. If you know I'm lying, you can stop, take the mic from me. Somebody told me just a, a month and a half ago they have rainbow churches in Bridgeport now. Wow. There's two of them over there now. Wow. They got rainbow churches in New Haven, and they're taking the rainbow, the symbol of promise, of God's anointing in our lives, and they've stolen it as a symbol for a, for a thing that is just so evil in the eyes of God. Yeah. 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 I need to discover deliverance in my life. I believe that y'all really want to change. You want to change. You just don't know how sometimes. And you go home and after a great powerful service and you say, God, why not me? Man, I saw, I saw Pastor Middleton. He got his praise on him. He just got a release and I know him. God, I don't understand, God, why I can't have that same release. You think I'm without problems? I, I realized one thing in my life, Melvin. In order to defeat the devil, I gotta expose him. That's right. 
Because once I expose him, I'm going to be real with y'all. I don't cry when I preach, but I feel I just, I'm getting heavy right now. I've got a problem. I maybe told one or two of y'all, I think I told you now. I've got a personal issue in my life. You see, my dad died about, about a year and maybe coming up on two years in about a week. And he was a big guy. And after my dad died, people kept on telling me, don't get, don't get big like your dad. You might, you're going to die like him. And so I began to throw up my food, and I can't stop even to this day. The only time I ever stopped was when I was fasting. And I didn't know why. Because there was deliverance in my prayer. This is hard for me, but I got to expose the devil in my life. And every day I'll go out and I'll get something to eat and I'll just feel like the devil's just in my mind. You're going to die like your dad. You're going to die like your dad. And I go to home. I turn the water on so nobody can hear. And I'll purge myself. I'll be at a church function and I'll turn the utility sink in the men's room on so nobody can hear me. And I purge. Because I feel like if I'm going to die like my dad. I feel like if I can't shake it. Because under my covers, sometimes I really do look like this. Is that okay? Sometimes I really look like I got a real problem in my life. Because I do. But I'm not afraid to admit it. I realize there's power. Once you learn that being a man is really admitting what's going on in your life. That being a real man's man is is not giving in to the things that are so easy to beset you. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Wherefore sing as we are also encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin in which so easily besets us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Run with patience. Run patiently and say, God, I'm not going to try and get ahead of your plan. Can I keep going? Mark chapter 10, verse 46 and 52, 46 through 52. (laughs) This is so amazing to me. It says, then they came to Jericho. To Jericho, the same place, Jericho, where, where Achan messed up. Somebody say Achan. The same place where Achan put something so sinful into his camp. And he, the Bible says that they actually took, thank you so much. Somebody shout glory for me. Glory. Hallelujah. I feel the spirit of God if you don't. Achan was killed. His family was slaughtered. How many men we got in the building? The things you're doing can kill your family. How many married men we got in the building? The sins you're doing can kill your wife. How many fathers we got in the building? The things you're doing can kill your kids, your grandkids, your finances. You say, God, if I can just stop struggling. If I can just stop struggling. This is truly, I have a lot of favorite scriptures. I really do, but this one. 
my God. And it says they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then he rebuked him and he told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. One of the greatest scriptures in the Bible, verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him to me. <laughs> we need to gather confidence as men to call out to God. We need to understand that Bartimaeus redirected the path of Jesus simply by calling his name. Bartimaeus desired to have an encounter with the power of God. I recently learned that word encounter in Greek. It means to collide with the unexpected in your life. He went to that gate as he always did to beg. He went to that gate as he always did. And he said, I'm going to go and just be a beggar. You come to church like you always do it. But, but God had an encounter set up for you since before. He laid down the foundations of the earth. Tell your neighbor, I need to collide with Christ. Understand that Jesus had a place to go, but yet he stopped to help this blind man. Tell your neighbor, I want to stop God in his tracks. Understand that when you stop God by calling on his name, good things are bound to happen. I've been saying this scripture for three weeks. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says this, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and hidden things, unsearchable things. If you just call on his name, if you just call on his name. Verse 51, so they called to the blind man, chair up and on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Come on, men of God, do you want to see today? I believe you want to see today. I believe you want to see. I hope there's some women in this place who want to see tonight. Verse 52 says, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. His faith healed him. You got to understand where the faith in the story was. The faith wasn't in shouting to Jesus. I'm sorry to tell you, but sometimes your miracle is not in your shout. We've gotten so into this just shouting stuff and this praising God and we have to understand that sometimes it comes with an act of faith. You've got to understand this time period of history. I'm about to close, trust me. To understand the scripture, Bartimaeus was a beggar. Somebody say beggar. beggar. And as a beggar, Bartimaeus had to actually go to the local town officials and register as a beggar. Because they wanted to tax the money he got from begging. Because back then, begging was a job. And so they gave him this cloak that told everybody he's a certified beggar. What's your cloak? You might have a cloak that you were certified playboy in the church. You were certified clubber in the church. You're going to go out and go drink at night. Can I be real? That you are a certified, you have a problem with sex. That you have an addiction to pornography. What is your cloak the devil has over your life? 
This meant that his beggar's cloak represented who he was. This cloak, it really defined his current status in life. Understand your sins define your spiritual status with God. And understand that because of some of your sins, that your name is not in the Lamb's book of life. We like to think that God's grace is sufficient. There's a point where God's going to stop dealing with you. Sin is sin. Somebody say amen. Amen. (laughs) Somebody shout glory. glory. This cloak let people know who he was. So when Jesus came and said to him, Bartimaeus, he understood he was about to encounter the power of God, Sam. When they told him, Jesus, he he wants you to come to him. He understood, my God, the son of David, the one who's doing all these miracles, he wants me to go to him. And so he got up, blind as all day, didn't know where he was going, but understood one thing. As he got up and he got off with his beggar's cloak, and as it covered him, he said, I don't need that no more. Because I'm believing that I'm going to go to him, and I'm going to have an encounter A collision with the unexpected. Because I ain't come here expecting to get delivered. I didn't come here expecting to really hear something that might change my life. But he had a collision with the unexpected. He truly, truly saw that God wanted to work in him. So he got to his feet and the faith and the stories. He threw that cloak aside. Because he knew he wouldn't need it no more. Ask the person next to you, are you ready to throw your cloak to the side? He said said to himself that this this cloak, this beggar's wear has has, defined me for too long. Uh I want to be Bartimaeus the the musician. I want to be Bartimaeus the artist or something. I don't want to be Bartimaeus the beggar no more by the gate of Jericho. You got to get sick and tired of where you're at. There's no use getting sick and tired of being sick and tired anymore. Because then you get sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's like you're getting sick of being sick and tired squared. If you just got that. Multiplied by itself. Get what I'm saying? Again, and it goes over and over. Being sick and tired don't work. What happens when you're tired? (laughs) You go to sleep. And so spiritually you get sick and tired. I'm going to fall asleep. (laughs) What's the best way to die? Some of y'all dying right now. Spiritually asleep. Going to church every Sunday with your cute little suits. Got your coach bags, ladies. Canal Street bag, whatever you got. Got your Aldo's boots or those god-awful Uggs they're wearing these days. I never thought I'd see the day that's, that, that it, that's just ugly. It's not cute. It keeps me warm, so that, <laughs> I'm not going to wear it because it's ugly. And we come to church with our, you know, I went to one church and everybody had a hat. All the mothers had a hat. These big hats. I couldn't even see behind me because everybody had a hat. <laughs> like you, in those churches, you need like stadium seating like this. 
and we come to church and we put this show on and we're all dressed up looking right but in reality you look like this I told my church this one thing about the clothes I, I gotta share this I'm single in case you didn't know so I often look at women <laughs> I need to find a wife the Bible says in Proverbs a man that finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor with the Lord so I'm, trust me I'm looking you caught the anointing huh? ain't nothing worse I'm going to give you two examples my brother told me one of them and one of them is mine and it's this ain't nothing worse when you meet a girl who look like a dime but talk like a penny no offense ladies I love y'all we have some good women in this place I know that for a fact my church breeds good stock don't worry And then you have this one. You see a girl about a block away. You know where I'm going with this? She looked good from far, but when you get close, she's far from good. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like a fumble. You know what I'm saying? Fumble! Who got the ball there? That was you. You became over here because you said she looked cute? Man, that's all you. Take one for the team, Doc. I was at Stop and Shop one day with one of my praise and worship people. We got to check out aisle eight. We got, aisle eight was looking good that day. But it was one of those long stopping shops. I'm going to just say this, fumble. <laughs> and that's how God is with us. He sees the potential in you. You look good from far, but when he gets close and inspects you, you far from good. You come with your pretty outfits and you, everything matching. You're just color coordinating. But in your spirit, I don't mean to keep beating you up. You're just close. In your spirit, you're truly in turmoil. I know I'm talking to somebody. You're truly in a mess of your life. As he asked Bartimaeus, what do you want? My overseer, the guy who oversees our church, Pastor Philip Pimlod in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, he said this to me in a youth service, that that's one of the heaviest scriptures in the Bible. He says, what do you want? Bartimaeus could have said, I want riches. He would have got it. Bartimaeus could have said, I want a house. I want one of those nice new chariots with two wheels and two horses. He could have said, I want a newer cloak because that one's kind of got the, it's like burlap and it scratches my back. He could have said whatever he wanted. But he asked God for that which was the most important thing to him. Some of y'all are too busy at the altar asking God to bless your finances when you're sleeping around. Some of us, uh, can I keep it real? Pastor, I got your permission. Some of y'all are just sitting there asking God to give you a wife when you can't even stop looking at pornography. So when you get a wife, you're going to hold it to those standards. You don't realize how you're destroying your future. You're asking God to bless you with a car. But all you do all night is start drinking. Every time you're hanging around the old crowd, you start drinking. God knows you're going to wreck that car if you get it. But you're asking God for a car instead of saying, God, I need to get rid of that addiction. God, I'm suffering. I'm suffering. 
Let me tell you something, man. It's okay to admit that you're selfish. It's okay to admit that you made a mistake. That's another problem. Men don't want to realize they make mistakes. I, I make mistakes about once a year. I, I did this in my life. I never wanted to, you know, I wanted to stop, you know, making mistakes. So I decided just to never be wrong. And that worked out pretty good for me. <laughs> You're hurting. There's pains inside. You're struggling. But you're trying to be somebody you're not. You do that on the streets, you get killed. You do that in church and you look all right, you look like everybody else. Men and women, everybody, you're struggling. And you got something in your life. He said, Jesus, I, I just, I just want to see. Maybe you're not blind, but maybe you've turned a blind eye to your sins. And every Sunday, they come into church, into your church, into my church, into your church. And they're walking in looking right. When in reality, the church is full of a bunch of hurting men. The church is full of just men who just don't know how to do it. They, they want to know. They want to move forward while, while they want to do it. They just don't know how to do it, Manny. They want to learn how to be that role model, to be that real man's man. But they don't know how to do it. Because why? Because one degree ended up 10,000 miles away from God. One degree separates from boiling hot to just being hot. What is under your covers? Tonight can be your night. You say, I'm done with these covers in my life. I'm done with that cover in my life. I expose it so that, you know what? I won't be turmoiled by it in my life. You got to expose the devil. I wasn't able to quit smoking cigarettes until I told my church, I've been smoking cigarettes. After that, it was a wrap. It was so bad that I don't smoke cigarettes. I saw a cop. I'm going to put it down. <laughs> I was so convicted. It's like when you come off a fast and you feel guilty for eating. Yeah. Yeah. Am I lying? Amen. Come on, stand with me right now. Ask the person next to you, what's under your covers? Come on, ask them, what's your one degree? Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Men, women, could we talk tonight? Could you just, you could just get that out of the way. You could just give me five minutes. I'm not going to hold you up. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's, let's just reverence God and let's just respect God tonight. Men, women alike, I just want to talk to you. That maybe you've been in a position in the last couple weeks, in the last couple months, where you've been serving, trying to serve God so miraculously, but you have a cover over something in your life and it's hindering you. Come on, if that's you, just shoot your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You got a cover in your life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Men of God, undercover. Come on, women, if that's you and you're, you're saying, Pastor, I've been struggling. I've been doing some things. Come on. It may be a men's service, but tonight can be your night for deliverance because God says, what do you want from me? Just call on me and I will answer you. Come on, if you raise your hand, meet me at the altar right now. Come on. Come on, if I can have some ministers, Pastor Middleton, come on, if you raise your hand, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. 
We don't need no men undercover. Come on. We don't want to be undercover. The only covering I want to be under is the Holy Spirit. If I can get some of my leadership team to come and just pray over some of these women. We got some on this side, some on that side. Press in, press in. Come a little closer. Come on, press in, Doc. Press in, come on, come on. Nothing holds you back from the altar. Nothing holds you back from the Father right now. Come on, I feel the spirit of addiction being broken in this place. Come on, men of God, lift your hands right now. Come on, women, lift your hands right now. That God, we're coming to surrender tonight, God. God, that we're coming tonight, God, because we have a desire to see you change our lives. Because I have a desire, God. I've been hiding. Oh, God, touch his heart right now. God. No more covers in his life. God. Oh, new heart in him, God. Oh, Come on, somebody begin to open your mouth right now. Profess that. Profess that freedom in your life right now. Oh, receive it right now. Come on, man of God, open your mouth right now. Oh, God, bless him, God, right now, God. Oh, God. A fresh wind in your life. Oh, a fresh wind right now. Oh, God. Oh, God, a fresh wind right now, God. Oh, God. A fresh wind in his life, God. I rebuke every worker. The enemy designed to stop him, God. Oh, God, he must be a minister because I feel an anointing over his life, God. Oh, God, that you would cover him and shelter him, God. Oh, God, receive that anointing. Oh, God, no more covers in your life. Oh, God, you have been called for a purpose. Oh, God, you are chosen. Receive that right now. I rebuke that spirit right now. I see it over you. I command you to live right now in the name of Jesus. You will not struggle no more. You will not worry at night no more. You ain't going to have that problem no more. Come on, receive that. Release it right now. Release it right now. Oh, God, I'm a seat team. Oh, shit, I'm a seat team. Oh, God, I'm a seat team. Oh, shit, I'm a seat team. Receive that. Oh, God, Oh, release right into her right now, Father God. Oh, shit, I'm a seat team, God. Oh, God, the struggle is over, he says. The struggle is over. Oh, God, I'm a seat Somebody pray a prayer of freedom into your life. I'm coming off of these covers, God. I'm not going to have them no more, God. I'm going to God right now, God. Coverings, come on. If you're praying for somebody, come on, tell them coverings, come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Lift your hands right now, come on. Covers come off in the name of Jesus. Oh, whatever your struggle is, people, call it out right now. Oh, I'm coming out of pornography. I'm coming out of sickness and infirmity. I'm coming out of addiction. Oh, can I'm on my seat Oh, shit, I'm on my seat Oh, can I'm on my seat Receive that anointing right now. Oh, can I'm 
Oh God, what do you want? I want to be free, God. I want to be free, God. Oh, shit, I'm on my seat to God. I don't want to be the same after tonight, God. I don't want an ordinary service, God. Oh, God, I'm on my seat to God. Oh, shit, I'm on my seat to God. I speak life into every dead area where God has called you. Where God has called you and maybe you haven't done the best you can. I, I speak a fresh wind of life right now into it. Into your destiny. I speak that right now. I command every work of the enemy to stop right now in your life and to cease. You're coming out tonight out of those covers. Or release him right now, God. Come on, if you're in your seat right now, extend your hand to the front. Release that right now. Just pray for release right now. Oh, I'm on my seat to God. Oh, I'm on my seat to God. Oh, I'm on my seat to God. I come against every cover in your life right now. Oh, every shield the enemy has tried to put on your back to try and cover you. Oh, I'm on my seat to you. But God has said, I've called you and designed you not just for a purpose, but a destiny. Oh, I'm on my seat to you. But God desires to use you in a way that you know he wants to use you. Oh, I'm on my seat to you. God says, come out those covers right now. Don't turn a blind eye no more. Oh, can I'm on my seat Oh, I'm on my seat I'm on my seat A new level of ministry. I speak it right now. I speak into you right now. Life into your spirit. That every place and everything you touch your hands. That as long as you stay in God's will, He will bless your path. Oh, release that right now. Oh, release it right now in the name of Jesus. Every work of the enemy designed to have you in hiding, I rebuke it right now. Every work of the enemy designed to keep you afraid, I command it to leave right now. You shall not struggle no more. Your mind shall be purified. You shall not have a residue of the enemy in your life. Come on, if you're at the altar, pray freedom into your life. Tell God, God, what do you want? God, I want freedom. Oh, God, freedom over his mind right now. Come on, man of God, tell him right now, I want freedom. freedom. Oh, I rebuke the works of the enemy. Oh, I am God, a new level of freedom into his life, God. Oh, we lift him up to you right now, God. No more covers in his life. No more covers in his life. Oh, Karama, come on, somebody tell him, no more covers. I don't want to be covered, God. I want to be free. Oh, Kiara, Mama Saya. Oh, Shira, Mama Siti. Oh, Mama Siti. Come on, lift your hands right now. As high as you can, surrender them right now. 
Oh, a fresh wind right now, God. A fresh wind, God. Oh, Ramama City, Ramama Soto. Oh shit, I'm on my seat, God. Come on, church. Right now, begin to. Oh shit, come on. Begin to open up your mouths, church. Don't get tired right now. God's just getting started in serving these people's lives. And God, we fall down on our knees. For when we lift our hands and say. You're all I need. Whisper his name, Jesus. Whisper his name, Jesus. Whisper his name, Jesus. And he will come to you. Whisper his name, Jesus. Whisper his name, Jesus. Whisper his name, Jesus. And he will come to you. Call out his name, Jesus. Call out his name, Jesus. Every hurt that's trying to leave you, God. God restore unto her the joy, God. Shout out his name, Jesus. Shout out his name. Shout out his name. And he will run to you. Shout out his name. Shout out his name. Shout out his name, and he will run to you. Oh, oh God, we lose Oh, God, we come against every design, every assignment placed on this man's life. God, that you've been waiting for this moment where he would say, God, I want to take the covers off. Oh, God, that we see a transformation, an encounter with the unexpected, God. God, that you would touch it for the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, God. God, that you begin to work on his behalf, God. God, that he has a situation in the place in which he lives, God. It's tough, God. But he says, God, I want to try this. I want to do this, God. Oh, God, speak to him right now. God, guide him every step. God, ordain every step in his life. Oh, God, I rebuke the work of the enemy in your life right now. God has called you to be a titan in your faith. He's called you to be a man of ministry. God's called you to attract people. You're going to attract the young generation to the place where you choose to go. People are going to listen to your testimony. Shout out his name. 
and he will run to you. Oh God, we lose our selfish pride. Release that burden back now. When you say the name of Jesus, the Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Demons flee at the name of Jesus. Cry out, Jesus, when you got city. Somebody help him and shout, Jesus. Somebody help him shout, Jesus. Hands and say, you're all I need. Shout out his name. God is calling you out of mediocrity. Come on. God wants you to be an honor. Shout out his name. Shout out his name. And he will run to you. Shout out his name. The wonderful name. The powerful name. And he will come to you. Shout out his name. Shout out his name. Come on, come on, tell him right now, Jesus. Shout out his name. He will come to you. Shout out his name. Shout out his name. Shout out his name. And he will come to you. What's your name, son? Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan's Pastor Middleton's son. Y'all don't know what it is to be a pastor's son. To be a pastor's kid. To be held to a standard that not even the Pope's kids are held to. To be held to a standard that you don't, you can't even ever live up to. I almost gave up because my father was a pastor. But that's not going to be you. We're going to pray that God strengthens your every step. That God gives you unwavering faith. That you're going to be able to overcome every adversity. Come on, church, join me praying for this young man. God, that you would strengthen him, God. God, I know the pain of being a pastor's child, God. God, I know the pain and the hurt, God, that, that might come from the church itself, God. But God, we pray that you would just begin to guide him, God. You would guard him, protect him, God. God, that you would begin to work on his behalf, God, every second of every day, of every minute, of every hour of his life, God. God, that you would ordain each step he takes, God. God, that you would keep him when he doesn't want to be kept, God. God, you would shelter him when he tries to go out in the rain, God. God, that you would guide him when he tries to run from the truth, God. God, that he would always have a love for the ministry, God. God, that when when the day comes, he could take on the work of this house, God. God. Anointing of God raised up on him, God. A mantle of a pastor raised up on him, God. A prophet he shall be. Oh, God, I'm on my seat, God. Oh, yeah, I'm on my seat, God. God's calling you to be a mold breaker. God's calling you to be somebody who has never. Oh, shit. He's calling you to be a certain kind of like an unprecedented pastor. 
You don't go by tradition. You don't go by ordinary. But you tell God, I want extraordinary God. Oh, this man's going to have faith the size of a mountain. Oh, God, receive him right now, God. Oh, God. Come on, church. Don't get tired. Begin to pray for this young man. God, I feel a worship or spirit over you right now. I feel a spirit of worship over you. God's calling you to be the God's calling you to grow up quick, son. Oh, God's calling you to be at your father's right hand right now in the ministry. I don't care how young you think you are. God called David to fight Goliath when he was 12. Josiah was king when he was eight. Oh, God's calling you to serve. God's calling you to serve. I keep hearing it in my spirit. He's got to serve. God, that you would flow in his belly like a river of living water, God. God, that you would rush through him, God, right now, God. Oh, Koramasiti. Somebody say, rush through him. Come on, say it like you mean it. Rush through him, God. Oh, Koramasiti, God. Receive an anointing into his life, God. A surrender, God, that he would turn it over to you, God, and be dependent on you. He would not run from the source of his strength, God. Oh, Koramasiti, God. Come on, is anybody else? Step on up. Come on. Oh, Koramasiti, God. Whisper his name. Whisper his name. Whisper his name. And he will answer you. Whisper his name. Whisper his name. Whisper his name, and he will come to you. Whisper his name. Whisper his name. Whisper his name, and he will answer you. Call out his name. Call out his name. Call out his name. And he will run to you. Call out his name. Call out his name. Call out his name, and he will answer you. Shout out his name. Shout out his name. Shout out his name, 
and he will run to you. Shout out his name. Shout out his name. Shout out his name. And he will run to you. Oh God, we lose our selfish pride. And God, we fall down on our knees. For when we lift our hands and say, A fresh wind into your life right now. Your passion is what makes you who you are. Your intensity for God is what makes you so special in Christ. Okay, I'm on my CT. We speak a new level of You're deliverance over your life. That every last residue of sin be cast out of your life. Okay, I'm on my CT, God. We rebuke every work of the enemy in you right now. Every confusion right now. Every spirit that tries to enter you, rebuke it right now. Oh, but a new radical belief in your life right now. Somebody say a new passion. A new passion right now into your life. God has a mighty ministry for you, Ed. You're not here by, by just coincidence, but purpose, Shout purpose, purpose. Shout out his name. Receive that Shout out his name. Come on, somebody shout out his name. Shout out his name. And he will run to you. Shout out his name. Come on. Are the elders of your church here? I don't have any elders. Your leader, anybody who walks with you in the ministry, are they here with you? Yes. Some of your church folk, are they here with yes. you? Yes. Could y'all come to the front and support your pastor right now? One thing I thank God for is he giving me some people who love me. They were kind of slow to respond, but that's all right. I'll get them on the way home. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say that they ain't seen. <laughs> But it's important. Where, where, where is your church folk? If you're hidden from his church, raise your hand. There are people who don't like you. You've been going through struggles. It's no secret. Mm-hmm. It's no secret this place got robbed a couple times. You were on the news.